0: Welcome to the Health, Wealth, and Wisdom Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Hagen, a nutrition coach, entrepreneur, food freedom expert, and forever a recovering disordered eater. I am here to help you own your enoughness, find your very own food freedom, and achieve your health and wellness goals in a way that gives more than it takes. Each week, I will provide you with insight and inspiration surrounding no-nonsense nutrition, mindset, motivation, body image, confidence, and other wellness wisdom. Hey friend, thank you so much for tuning into episode 77 of the Health, Wealth, and Wisdom podcast. I so appreciate you. Seriously, I love every single one of you and really, really respect you for taking the road less traveled. And trying to find food freedom and create a relationship with food that gives more than it takes, which is exactly what one on one nutrition coaching rock star Lauren and I are talking about in today's interview episode. Lauren comes from a history of being a diet culture subscriber and doing everything. Perfectly. Seriously, Lauren is so dedicated and she does everything with 100% precision, or at least she used to until she learned that that is completely unsustainable and it actually caused damage and detriment to her body. I don't want to give too much away, but in today's episode, Lauren is sharing with you how subscribing to the eat less, exercise more diet culture mentality actually destroyed her body and her relationship with food. And how she managed to turn that around completely, learning how to listen to her body, nourishing it rather than punishing it, and creating a truly healthy, happy, and confident relationship with food that leaves her. Feeling good, not like crap. I can't wait for you to learn from Lauren's journey because I know there are so many of us out there, myself included, who have experienced similar struggles subscribing to Diet Culture. To kick us off, tell everyone listening who you
1: are and what you do. Give us a little bit of background. Yes, um, I'm Lauren. I live in York, Pennsylvania. I work as a physical therapist at um, a town a little bit, about a half an hour from my house. Um, So I've been a PT for about 11 years. Um, Enjoy that a lot, helping people and staying active, um, just even in my job, which is nice. I have one husband um, and our family is just the two of us for now, but we're going to add a puppy here in the next couple months. Um, so that's exciting, and um, yeah, we we like to stay active, um, do a lot of outside things, and a big exerciser, runner, um, love the beach and things like that.
0: What kind of puppy are you gonna get? I haven't heard this. Yes, uh, chocolate lab.
1: Oh, hopefully December. So, if COVID doesn't ruin our travel plans for the fall, um, then we had a couple trips planned, so we decided to wait until after that and bring him home, bring him or her home. We don't know yet um, around Christmas time, actually.
0: Oh my gosh, you're going to be a dog mom.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) Again. So for now, my mom's mom's golden is kind of getting my dog fixed for the current time.
0: They'll be friends.
1: Yes, yes, I hope so.
0: So Lauren, you and I, our one-on-one coaching journey has been about six months long now, but we actually worked together for a short while prior to one-on-one nutrition coaching. So at the if you can take yourself all the way back, I know it feels like probably a long time now, but when you first walked into my office, when we met in person that very first time, why were you coming in? Why were you seeking out nutrition help? Tell us a little bit about what you wanted to change or achieve.
1: Well, I had kind of been doing my own thing for some time as far as um, working out pretty hard and eating, you know, what I thought at the time was a really clean, really healthy, perfect diet. Um, Inadvertent to myself, I kind of had been way lower in the calorie count than I needed to be. Um, So at the time that I sought out nutrition coaching, I really just had the mindset of trying to lose weight because what my body had done in the process of me beating her up was making me start gaining a lot of weight. Um, just because I couldn't, couldn't do anything else, um, restricting or exercise wise. So at the time when I sought you out, I had the mindset of just, I needed to lose weight, but I didn't know how because I was thought doing everything correctly. Um, And so obviously a year and a half later, my mindset's a lot different, but, um, but that was probably the original, um, also too, I felt like absolute garbage, um, all day, every day, no matter what I ate, no matter what I did, um, my body was just rebelling at that point in time. And I think that was probably the biggest thing too. Mm.
0: And I think it's important for us to note too, for everyone listening, when you say I was doing everything right, you truly were. I mean, I know the kind of person you are. If you say you're going to do something, you do it. Like you're executing it with precision. You even said eating perfectly. Like that was the word that you used. And so it wasn't as though you thought you were doing all the right things, but your compliance was lacking. You were actually doing the things so consistently and they stopped working for you, which was confusing because everything that you were doing is perpetuated and pushed by diet culture. So let's backtrack a little bit. That perfect diet, tell us what it looked like.
1: <laughs> um, I, I had no sugar, um... Very little grain, pretty much my only carb was a potato, sweet potato, um, tons and tons of vegetables. I basically had the base of every meal is like vegetables. Um, plus protein, I mean I had I didn't really ever restrict or take away any type of protein. Obviously red meat was a little less, but um, you know, lots of chicken, lots of turkey, um, ground turkey, ground chicken no snacks, no sweets, occasional alcohol, but I've, you know, usually it was a special occasion or something like that. Um, yeah, just vegetables and meat. (laughs) So
0: what most people will call clean and nobody can see me, but I'm using my air quotes because clean food is just food that you've washed that isn't dirty, but in diet culture terminology, you were being very strict and only eating, again, air quotes, good foods. What did your workout routine look like? Tell us about that regimen.
1: Um, Nine days a week of of very high intensity, um, pretty heavy load lifting, lots of um, kind of CrossFit type workouts. I don't know if I'm allowed to use that word, but like CrossFit type. Totally. workouts. Um, I never was like a member of a box or anything, but would do all my own wads. Um, I did yoga twice a week, um, of like, you know, high high heat, um, vinyasa. So it wasn't like a calming, relaxing. Um, I would go two weeks, 12 days without a single break. Um, my rest days would be a half an hour on the elliptical and ab workouts and stuff like that. So very, very high intensity, lifting weights, running, jumping, throwing things, burpees, everything, you name it, 150 reps of all of them repeat four times.
0: And you're not joking, right? Like I remember looking at your actual workouts and I was like, wait a second, when do you rest? And you (laughs) were like, oh, I play four hours of golf and then I do yoga. Like that's my (laughs) ass. So according to diet culture, you were the perfect, uh, subscriber, right? Like you were adhering to the plan with 100% compliance. And then I want to say all of a sudden, but it really wasn't all of a sudden over a chronic period of time, it started to backfire and actually was doing detriment to your body instead of benefit. So you said you felt like crap. Tell us what you were feeling, what you were noticing. What were some of those symptoms?
1: Um I would literally moan when I would roll over in bed at night. Um at the end of the day when I would have to walk up the steps, I would like stare up the steps like, okay, Lauren, you can do it. Cause like I had to walk up my flight of stairs, but yet I'd go to the gym the next morning and do 150 times four of everything. Um every single joint in my body hurt constantly. Like my fingers would hurt. Like I it was crazy. Um I would. I was bloated all the time um, terrible digestion I remember distinctly on a discovery call saying to you I could eat a pile of fried food or a piece of white fish and feel the same because like I just felt like I wasn't digesting anything um, so just stomach hurt all the time um, I would wake up in the middle of the night and my heart would feel like it was like bursting out of my chest because my heart racing so quickly, um, extreme fatigue, I could barely keep my eyes open, talking to patients during the day, I'd be in an eval, and I'd like have to keep my, like saying to myself, Lauren, focus, Lauren, focus, because I was so tired all the time.
0: Yeah, and your job is active, right? Being a physical right. therapist, it's not as though you're sitting in front of a computer screen for eight to 10 hours a day, so you're still moving and expending with your career, And yet walking into that office, feeling like shit, which we can say, don't worry. (laughs) My podcast, my rules, Uh, but basically still wanting to pursue a leaner body, right? Still wanting, still like driven by fat loss. Why do you think like, what was the messaging that has been so pervasive in your brain? And I think in many of ours listening, that was driving you to, instead of say, wait a second, something's not right here. Like maybe I should learn how to listen to my body and take care of it. It was still like single
1: focus, fat loss driven. I think that initially, um, like I've always been really active and I've never really, you know, been a lot obsessed with weight or, you know, I've just always had a pretty, I have good genetics. Thanks mom and mom. But like I've I started on this different path and I had such great results. I mean, initially I felt great. I was putting up numbers and running half marathons faster than I ever had. And like, I obviously had the physique to go with it. And I got like obsessed with it because I like, I was like, well, I have to act this way and eat this way in order to maintain this. Um, and then it just became normal for me. It it was, it wasn't a diet. It wasn't anything. It was just how I ate and how I acted and how I live until it became too much. And, you know, I like, I am pretty obsessive and strive for perfection and, you know, most people will stick to it for 30, 60 days and it doesn't cause the detriment to their bodies, but I did it for two years and then my body was like, wait a second. Actually, it said, wait a second at year one, and then I ignored it for another year (laughs) and then got really bad.
0: Yeah, and I'm so glad you brought that up because what people who try to start a diet and fail experience is the same thing that you have described and what I have experienced. We were just able to keep complying with those rigid rules and the steps for longer to the point of damaging our bodies, right? You and I have talked many a time about like, wow, we're the same person. (laughs) And I think what most people experience is you're not supposed to stick with it because it is that impossible. Like it is too restrictive, too detrimental. And so those people who start, stop, start, stop, it doesn't feel good, but it's almost better than continuing to push through and then causing physical damage and, and mental damage to mm-hmm. your body. So we have gotten much better. Thank goodness. Yes. Listen to what <laughs> our bodies are telling us, but let's go back to what i told you when we first met and you told me here's what i'm eating you you had it all logged we looked at the calories here's what i'm doing for exercise i want to get leaner but i feel like crap do you remember what i told you
1: to eat more food
0: yeah (laughs) <laughs> and stop exercising as like i am <laughs> eat more exercise less and you were like what like that goes against everything i've ever heard and everything, everything i've ever done like you're crazy nicole and it took you a long time to wrap your brain around that but you have come so far so a year and a half in total tell us what helped you to make that pivot so at the beginning you didn't want to believe me, right? You didn't want to eat more. You didn't want to exercise less. It felt very scary. It felt very foreign. How did you do it? Like, did you have a little pep talk did you just decide to like try it because nothing else was working like there's so many people who are in the same shoes listening to this and if i were to tell them hey you need to eat more and feed your body and you need to rest more and exercise less they would be like okay nicole like it 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 became your coping mechanism it was my coping mechanism so to take it away feels so scary how'd you do it
1: Um, a lot of head talk. Um, I think, I think just probably being at an ultimate low and knowing like I, you know, I'm 35 years old. Like I shouldn't feel the way that I feel. Mm -hmm. And knowing there had to be something different. And like, like you said, nothing was working. Um, I, but I think it was more the feeling. Um, and finally like hitting the realization that I shouldn't feel this way. Um, so there has to be something else. And there was a, you know, 2019 wasn't the best year, like personally. And I kind of, as you know, I guess, having a little bit of a New Year's resolution, I'm like, you know what, 2020 has got to be like my year. So I just had this kind of mentality that I'm going to trust Nicole. And I said to my sister, probably 110 times, trust the process, trust the process. Because what I was doing wasn't working. And so I just had faith that you would guide me in the right direction and I'd be able to kind of get back to where I knew that I needed to be and feeling better.
0: And I so appreciate that trust and I'm so glad that it's worked out well for you, but knowing that it would, we had to increase your calories decrease your expenditure and work a hell of a lot on stress management because your body was so stressed and so exhausted. And you didn't hear that. You didn't see that at first. It's taken a lot of training to get there, but now you do. So for a while, fat loss couldn't be the focus, right? We just had to work on nourishment. And that was a major mind game because when we want to weigh less and fit in a smaller size and your coach is telling you to eat more and focus on how you feel it's so hard. And you basically yes. had to you know, self-talk, like trust the process, trust the process. That didn't work. I can't go back there. Because fat loss has to be earned. We have to prime ourselves and build fat loss from an already nourished body. So let's fast forward. The beginning of this year, we had taken you up in calories. You were eating more. You were nourishing more. We were adding more fun foods and beverages, less restrictive and we said, okay, we're going to experiment with fat loss and see if your body's ready for it. It may not be, you may need more time to rest, but let's try. How did that, how did that work out for you? Tell us about the progress that you've seen over the past six months specifically.
1: Um, great. Uh, I've, I've definitely reached um, more of a f- uh, fat loss goal that I was looking for, Um you know, from a uh, understanding what my body needs, I think was one of my biggest goals too. And that, that has come a long way. Um, I, I mean, I still eat, a, you know, a fairly balanced diet and, and do the, you know, we did some macro counting for a while and that was good because I just feel like I have a better understanding of what I need to be putting in my body to do what I want to do. And so, and, you know, just recently with increasing the calories up more, I like after two weeks, I'm like, holy cow, like I was 150 calories making me feel this much better on a day-to-day basis. Um, but it has. So, you know, from a, from a goal standpoint, you know, at the beginning, the big, powerful goal was definitely to understand how to listen to my body better um, with the fat loss goal in, 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 mind. But I mean, clothes are fitting better. I'm down I don't know, maybe like 10 pounds, 10 pounds. Yeah. 10 pounds. Um, and then the biggest thing that one of the biggest things that we've tracked is my heart rate. Um, from when I mentioned in how I wake up in the middle of the night and my heart would feel like it was busting out of its chest and I came down like 30, 25, 30 beats per minute on my resting heart rate overnight. So obviously the body itself is way more recovered and a lot less stressed. And I can feel it just in day-to-day how I feel as well.
0: We had to say, okay, we want to see the numbers move, but our focus can't be on the numbers, at least not the scale numbers and the clothing size numbers. We can't focus on being smaller or leaner yet. Mm-hmm. And so at the beginning, what we had to do is say, learn, like what is your body telling you? Because that's not something that many of us learn. We learn how to like fit into a mold and follow steps that we're taught and listen to rules, but, no one taught me and no one taught you like, Hey, this is how you listen to your body. And she sends you signs and signals. So that's why we started tracking. How are you recovering from your workouts? Let's track resting heart rate. And to see that come down from the seventies to the fifties is like, oh my gosh, your body is giving us this amazing sign that she is so much better rested and recovered from your workouts. And of course, tracking energy level, tracking sleep, tracking hormones, all those things was so helpful too because we were able to listen to what your body was telling you. And then when we saw, oh, you're less stressed, Lauren, like not necessarily feeling less stressed because you never really felt stressed in the way that most people define it but your body was tired, your body was beat down. And so for us to track those metrics and see, oh my gosh, she's really liking what we're doing and you're feeling better. That was when we were able to say, okay, now we can dip our toe back into the fat loss trajectory. Let's try it. Still using a periodized plan, right? So we're not just going to let you run hard after fat loss like you did before because we know where that takes you. Now, after a couple of months of intentional sustainable fat loss, we're transitioning you back to confident maintenance for a while so your body can just chill here and recover But now you know how to listen to your body. And when we first started working on stress management, Lauren, you were skeptical. Tell us initially when I said, hey, your body is stressed. You're eating really well. The exercise has come down and we feel good about it. There has to be something else going on in the background. I think your body might be stressed. And at the time, I think you told me, but I don't feel stressed. Mm -hmm.
1: Right? Absolutely. Yeah. I, and like you said, I mean, I've never really had this, like, I mean, I don't get anxious. I don't get overwhelmed. Um, you know, my mentality is like, I'm going to get it done. So I put my head down and do it no matter what, you know, work, house chores, exercises, food, anything like I'm going to make it happen. And so I think that I've never really had this like stressed out feeling, but it was more of like, like we kind of, um, found that like I feel bloated when I'm stressed in either in a work standpoint or an exercise standpoint, it's just a funny how our bodies kind of consistently respond in a certain way. Um, so I was, because I kind of, I was skeptical because again, I don't, I never feel stressed, mm-hmm. but say my body feels stressed. And so, um, but yeah, it's, it's made a big difference. I remember Nicole told me to go for walks or find something for like relaxing. And I was like, well, Like how, how many steps can I get in? And, but, you know, and she's like, no, just go for a walk and like, just relax. And there was this one day that I was on a walk and I like looked up at the sky and enjoyed the blue sky and the birds chirping. And I was like, Holy cow. Like, I guess this is what Nicole meant. Like, this is a, a stress-free walk. Um, and I'm pretty sure I messaged you as soon as I got back, but yeah, it was just like overall the mentality of, slowing down a little bit. And as crazy and as stressful and as weird as COVID has been for a lot of people, it's oddly been kind of good for me. (laughs) Um, luckily, you know, from a work standpoint, I still got to work and things like that, but like it forced, I mean, everyone was forced to stop and slow down. And I, I had to find a way to fill nothingness with, nothingness and because there was nothing to do. Whereas normally I had to have something filled in every second of every day. And um, I think just in general, it's kind of helped slow me down a little bit, but in a positive way.
0: Less is more. I think that's a really big lesson that's definitely popped in your coaching journey because exercise is a beautiful thing and nutrition is a beautiful thing, but we can abuse those beautiful things and too much of them puts our body into high stress burnout mode. And that's where you were and your body was telling you, but you didn't know how to listen because the steps were all right, right? Society was reinforcing you. Yeah, Lauren, exercise more, burn more calories, get more steps and eat less food and you should celebrate that but it it became a really negative red flag what were some of those red flags lauren that you wish you would have listened to you said at year one my body sent me some flags i ignored what were those Um, signs initially
1: one of the biggest things um was uh ob appointment and she her exam was very red flagged and started like Doing all these tests and like my hormones were completely gone, like gone. Like I had less estrogen in my system than a postmenopausal woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember thinking to myself, like Lauren, you're a healthcare professional. Like you know you need this. Like I'm going to do a snatch one day, and my humerus is going to crumble. Like what are you doing? Um, and so after all these tests you know it was mostly just hormonal stuff but she sent me to an endocrinologist and she even said like you need to have you know less intense workouts like your body and I I just wasn't hearing it like and that was like a year before so I feel like had I listened because at that time I still felt good like Mm -hmm. Personally, on the outside, I felt like I looked good and my body felt fine. But the inside of my system was clearly giving the red flags that I ignored. And then I let it go for a whole nother year. Um, and that's when I, well, probably six months or so, I started to feel terrible. But I just ignored it for another six months type thing. So um, don't ignore the signs <laughs> that the body's telling you. Because I think I, had I done that at that point in time. I mean, it would have been a whole nother year of not killing myself and stressing my body and ignoring everything.
0: And again, we're not saying like wanting fat loss or wanting to pursue athleticism is a bad thing. It isn't. Those are wonderful goals, but it has to come from a place of nourishment, not punishment. And it has to come from a place of being fueled enough, not from a place of being starved. And you are very accomplishment driven and you could do the thing and achieve the thing and check that box and it felt so good, but not realizing that maybe that drive to achieve was too much of a good yeah. thing that was causing some damage, which now you know how to listen to a, a little bit better. And Lauren, the one thing I want to make sure we talk about, because I think this is huge, that old style of, of eating and exercising and kind of obsessive living for you allowed you to live in a very lean body for a, for a time, right? Now, eventually that backfired and you started gaining weight even though you were still following that rigid plan. But one thing that we have worked on a lot is to stop comparing that version of you Mm. to this new, healthy, lean, listening to my body version of you. Because in our disordered eating brains, and I fall right into this category too, it's easy to say, but I was thinner then. And I want to be that, like, I want to get back to looking like that in a bathing suit and comparing that version of you, even though it was rooted in disordered eating and disordered thinking and diet culture deprivation, not looking back as a reference point and instead making the goal, how can I be the best, healthiest, leanest, perhaps, if that's your goal version of me now. And that's been a big hurdle to work through. Tell us a little bit about that. It's a major mind game.
1: Oh, for sure. And I think that I, I mean, even when we started working together a year and a half ago, I had the mentality of that was my goal to get back to that. And, you know, after realizing kind of one, it just, I mean, it's not healthy and it's not something that will ever happen again. Um, but I, you know, and not to say that I'm perfect at it, but I think a lot of what I base it on is just a feeling, um, so yeah I look better in that bathing suit and every once in a while I'll see a picture from a couple years ago and kind of like ugh, you know like cringe at cringe at that the sight of of what happened over the last few years um but I feel so much better <laughs> and so I think that um that's that's my biggest thing just because yeah I could get there but I mean is it is it worth it and is the you know I can have a glass of wine and not feel guilty anymore. And, and just, you know, what's that extra little bit buying me in life? You know, not a whole lot. Um, so I think, I think that has gotten me past it and I never had the comparison game to anybody else. Like I'm my own worst critic through and through. So that was way more of my issue was comparing it to what I wanted to be back then type thing. Um, but just with, education from you and better feeling of like my everyday life I can function a heck of a lot better It, it I don't want that anymore
0: <laughs> yeah I think we had to keep reminding ourselves of that and I, I think it's totally normal the human brain likes to compare and contrast so your brain goes I want to get back there but if we look at all the variables that were your life then we don't want to replicate so many of those. In fact, we probably don't want to replicate most of them. So yeah. it has to be. And it's not as though you're at the end of your journey, right? It's, you can still pursue new body composition goals and you can still create change in your life as you choose to. But we have to do it from a new place where the foundation is health first, nourishment first. And then what can I achieve as opposed to what can I take away? What can I steal from my health and from my nourishment? So that's been a huge, a huge win that I've seen uh, in your journey. And I know it's kind of taken you a long time to learn how to celebrate it. But I think that's been a major pivot point for you.
1: Definitely. And just not feeling like I have to do all the things all the time at a hundred percent. Like, I think I wrote a hundred percent one time on our weekly form and you were like, don't write a hundred percent. Like it shouldn't like do something else. Um, So kind of like, you know, having the mentality of it doesn't have to be perfect and the, and to enjoy it a little bit here and there. And like, I had ice cream on like a Thursday this week. Like that's insane for me, (laughs) but it was okay. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Like live a little, right. I know we've talked about like have a glass of wine. If that's what adds joy to your weekend and then, you know, in your initial brain, it's, but the calories and it's not giving me any, you know, smart carbohydrates. And I I don't know I I could do without it. Like, sure you could, but is that taking like joy away from you? Is that robbing your life from you? And how can we find that happy middle of not feeling like I should eat all the things because you only live once. Does that actually leave you feeling good? Probably not, but does it leave you feeling good to restrict and deprive and follow those rigid rules all the time? Probably not. Right. So life is in the middle. I hate the word balance, but my therapist tells me I need to find it. So apparently we're all striving for that gray space in the middle. And I think you've definitely, you've definitely found it and are continuing to find that middle gray space, which is hard for all or nothing thinkers like you and myself, because it's so much easier just to follow the thing perfectly, but that's not human, right? Like we can't be perfect. 100% 100% failure rate. So I think taking that expectation off yourself definitely was a big mindset win as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. And just mindset in general of, of, you know, the, like you said, the, the perfection and, you know, don't bet, don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Like we have to, like, it's not, it's not worth the, the perfection strive type thing. And I mean, I can still do all the things I want to do. Like I'm still working out six days a week. I'm just not Killing myself. Um, but I'm, you know, I'm still enjoying it and I'm, I feel better when I do it and I recover and I can walk up the steps at the end of the night, which is, which is nice.
0: (laughs) And you said, you've told me Lauren, I hope it's okay that I'm sharing this, but that people in your life have noticed the change in you as well. You mentioned your sister and your husband earlier, but I think being your own worst critic, it's probably hard for you to celebrate the wins, but I know you've referenced that they have seen a change in you too, mindset and and physical.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, like I haven't, I didn't see my, my, um, like my mom, mom and dad for a little while. And like my dad noticed the physical changes, which was nice. Um, but just in the, like Lauren's a lot more calm than she used to be in general. And, um, like just the other day we had a little bit of a, could have been stressful situation with something. And my husband, was even like good job for staying calm. Like, I mean, little things like that. Cause I typically would freak out and um, so I mean it, that that was a journey too um, with kind of some some of my own health and approach to things um, just trying to keep it calm also um, not to say I still am not a little bit type A and getting things done but <laughs> in general kind of have shifted hopefully and hopefully it stays I mean this is obviously a work in progress and we're still trying to get back to whatever normal is now and you know I hope that If we get back to the normal day-to-day grind like was this time last year that I can kind of continue with the same mindset and same approach to a little bit calmer, Lauren.
0: Yeah. And a little bit happier, Lauren, I think too. Uh, a lot happier, a lot
1: happier, for sure. <laughs> and a lot happier healthier. body.
0: <laughs> yeah. So Lauren, one of the last things I want us to hit on is you are, as we've alluded to, an extremely driven, self-motivated person. You have yet invested in one-on-one nutrition coaching. And I know you've invested in workout programs and other things as well. So, Why do you think investing in like a one-on-one nutrition coaching process was helpful for you? You could have done it on your own, right? Like you have what you need to succeed, but having help was something I think a lot of people are afraid of asking for, because I should be able to do it on my own, right? Like I should be able to figure this out. Other people do. And yet you have invested in yourself tremendously over the past year. How has coaching made a difference for you?
1: Um, I mean, not to disagree with you, but I'm not sure I would have been able to do it on my own because I would have just continued to do the same thing. Um, So I think for me, the education was the most valuable thing. Um, You know, shifting a little bit of the following of social media and the people that have better messages on what to, you know, eat and do and mindset stuff. Um, But has helped in continuing with the journey, but there's no way I would have gotten to where I was, you know, without the guidance and the help. And, you know, I've never really thought of myself as needing accountability. Like I will, I will do it. Like tell me, and I've said this before, just tell me what to do and I'll do it, Nicole. Um, But I think just having someone to talk about the the things that I didn't understand um, because I, I mean, I, I will do it. I'll, I'll achieve it and I'll accomplishment, accomplish it. Um, but just the knowledge and having someone to bounce it off of and be like, look, I, I felt like this for the last couple of days. And somehow you were able to continue to figure out why. Um, and we tweaked it and we messed with one or two things. And then the next week it, it didn't happen anymore. So I think that was you know, probably the biggest thing, just kind of having someone there um, to help along the process, not just with the accountability, but the suggestions and, I mean, and it wasn't like eating or food or, you know, that, like I got that, it was more of just like everything else. Like there were, there's, there's, it was, there was so much more than just the nutrition component of it. um, Which was huge.
0: I think what you're describing is what I think of in my brain as forcing self-awareness upon you because we taught you how to identify the signals. Hey Nicole, I'm feeling bloated this week or Hey, I don't know why this is happening, but here's what my body is doing. And then As a coach, able to flip back to you questions for you to think about. Right. Well, what happened over the past three days? Or where's your stress level been? Have you been getting sleep? Like, what do you think about this or that? And so forcing you to reflect. Whereas before, you would have just plowed through and making you pause and ask like, oh yeah, maybe there is a trend there, or there might be a theme here. I think that self-awareness is something that I want you to have forever so that, you know, when you're on your own and graduating from coaching, you know how to reflect and what questions to ask, as opposed to just plowing through, which we know you can do, but it doesn't really get you where you need to go compared to listening to what your beautiful body is telling you. So yeah, I love that you brought that up.
1: And I mean... I had absolutely no idea how to listen to my body, like none. And I think that, you know, that's been huge because, I mean, I, I plowed through, like I ignored her for two years and just kept doing what I was doing and pounding the pavement and throwing weights and eating broccoli. And like, it wasn't working. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think yeah, you're exactly right. Just because I wouldn't have paid attention to those things had it not been like triggered basically.
0: And Lauren now sends me messages that say, Hey, decided to take a rest day today. Cause my body's feeling a
1: little worn out. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever think that would be you? No way. And like feeling okay with it, just going for a walk and feeling good and rested and, you know, and I think then the next day it's just 10 times better, you know, or two days from now, if I need two days, like the, the, the feedback is definitely better even when I, you know, do lift and do work out that I feel it in my muscles and I don't feel it in my joints, like things like that. And as a physical therapist, like I knew that, but I said we are the worst patients, I guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And sometimes I think we just need another perspective. Someone who's not living in our body, who doesn't have our experience to say, Hey, here's what I'm seeing. What do you think about that? So on that vein, Lauren, I want to ask you, For women who are listening, men and women, but I think women especially, the woman who is still plowing through doing her workouts because she can't have a rest day, she can't miss a day, she has to obsessively count her calories, she can't possibly eat ice cream on a Thursday because, oh my gosh, what would that mean about her? What would you say to her? Because I know there's lots of those listening, and I know that you and I have found the other side. And I want so many more of those women to be able to join us on this side of nourishment, having a healthy, confident, happy relationship with food. But what would you say, having been in those shoes?
1: Stop, please. <laughs> but besides that, um, like that, it, it doesn't have to be like that. I think that one, just follow following that mindset forever is only going to be detrimental. So there has to be There has to be a different way and your body doesn't deserve it and you don't deserve it. And so just stop and take some time off and and try to try to find a a better way to refuel and reconnect and and the results can happen in a slower way, in the patient way, in the healthy way. Um, And those last 10 pounds like aren't the end all be all type thing. There's so much more to it than that.
0: So true. You can still be a rock star in and out of the gym. You can still create a body composition that is healthy and lean and beautiful, but we have to do it from a place of health and nourishment. And I think what I would add and, or echo, you kind of said this Lauren is if there's anything inside of you that is feeling like something yeah. is not right. Like I just know this doesn't feel good, but your brain is telling you just to keep pressing forward Trust maybe your intuition instead of just continuing to keep plowing forward with those action steps. Maybe just pause and try asking, like, what is my body trying to tell me? Like, maybe what do I need? maybe seek out another perspective because sometimes we are stuck in our own brain and we can't really coach ourselves. So I think, yeah, what you said is beautiful. We want to stop. We don't stop abusing your body, but when you're in that moment and you're in that behavior pattern, it's so hard to stop because
1: you just don't know how, I mean, it's your, Oh, for for sure. sure. And like, if you would look up like every sign of overtraining, like I had 15 out of 15 of them, And I never saw it at the time. Like looking back, I'm like, holy cow, what was I doing? But at the time, I didn't know. I just, I just plowed through. I just did it. So yeah, listen and listen to the flags and listen to the way that your body is telling you that enough's enough and you have to, you have to, to to move on and find something better.
0: Yeah, because there's health and there's happiness and there's, I mean, look at you talking to you now compared to you a year and a half ago. Like, I want so many people to learn from your story (laughs) and I know that they will. Uh, I'm getting super like hyped up because your transformation has just been amazing. And like you said, this isn't the end, but you've got the tools that you need now. You know how to listen to your body now. And that wasn't something that you had, you know, a skill that you had before. Mm -hmm. So, Lauren, thank you so much for sharing your story Mm -hmm. and coming on the show. I know it's it's always scary to put yourself out there and say, Hey, here's where I was messed up in my relationship with food, but maybe you can learn from my journey. And
1: absolutely. And hopefully some, you know, hopefully someone listens and, and maybe stops or reconsiders. And, um, you know, I know that when I was at where I was, I pushed the way that I felt and thought onto other people and, you know, that's not cool either. So hopefully, you know, we can, we can help someone (laughs) to try to, to try to change the mentality a little bit.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Even just one, I mean, diet culture is so pervasive and they'll tell you that you're doing all the right things and you're following all the right steps. And 100% compliance is the only way. And so you think you're doing the right thing, but if your body is telling you otherwise,
1: maybe try to listen to that a little bit. And then give Nicole a call. (laughs) Love
0: it. Shameless plug.
1: (laughs) Of course. You know, I got you. (laughs) Lauren, thanks
0: so much. Truly, I appreciate your insight and your story sharing. And I am so, so thankful that we have had the opportunity to work together.
1: Thank you. Agreed.
0: If after tuning in to today's Health, Wealth, and Wisdom podcast episode, you're thinking, damn, I really need to do something about my nutrition, about the relationship that I have with food, but also with my body. I want you to know that I am currently opening three one-on-one nutrition coaching spots on the nutrition coaching with Nicole squad for the month of July. Only three. So if this is something that you're serious about committing to, you know, you need to create change and you're ready to feel fantastic in your body, learning how to enjoy food rather than fear it, go ahead and fill out a coaching application. I'll drop the link in the show notes below because you are so worthy of reaching your big powerful goals and hey who knows you could be featured on the podcast next as the next nutrition coaching with nicole rockstar success story thank you for listening to this episode of the health wealth and wisdom podcast If you like what you heard today, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe, and then head on over to nutritioncoachingwithnicole.com where you can sign up for my weekly emails where I send out my favorite tips, tricks, advice, and support every single Monday morning to help you kick your week off right. Thanks for listening. Until next time.